Hey everyone, Michael Anthony here. Van Halen, Chickenfoot, Sammy in the Circle. But anyway, you're listening to the only podcast that is dedicated to breaking down the entire Van Halen catalog one track at a time. And the podcast will rock. Ow! Hello, baby! Welcome or welcome back, all you rockers, rockets, everything in between. Uh, thank you for joining us for part two of our live show, live right here, right now, edition of And the Podcast Will Rock. I am Mark Kamire, your co host. With me, as always, Corey Morissette. Corey, you ready to do this yet again? Oh, I think so. Man, that, that first song took a lot out of me, but uh, we need a rocker. Uh, the first one was Eagles Fly. <laughs> Uh, all acoustic semi hair. It was great and all, but uh, God, we need the full band on this one. We, we need a, a full blown rocker. So uh, we need something to kind of bring the mood up. Everybody's just kind of down. We've been on the air for what, like an hour and a half now. Uh, we, we, we need a good pick me up. What do you think? We do need a good pick me up, but, uh, b- but before we can spin a song to pick us up, uh, just a quick uh, pick me up, a recap for all you guys uh, listening. If you're not tuning into the live show now, but you're listening just to reiterate uh, i'm gonna go through the who the we have on the panel with us tonight we got scott haskin greg zito rave Flav, eric sinich uh, uh uh josh scott monroe ryan powell all of our uh very awesome patrons and uh uh active followers, active listeners, uh, people that really get involved in the conversation. We're happy to have you all back here for this uh, part two rendition. So I hope uh, you guys are ready to get your rock on. Cause I certainly am. I'll tell you what, and we got a few people in the chat as well. Uh, our good yes. buddy fat man on guitar. Uh, he's kicking around the chat. Good to see him. George Solano just celebrated a birthday. Not that Ooh, long ago. Birthday. says glad to be in the audience and Tom Arbruster, our good buddy has been on the show. Uh, late to the party tom all you missed was us talking about eagles fly uh from live right here right now but you're just in time for episode two uh we're gonna spend something rocking i guarantee it well that is uh that begs the question i think it's uh i wonder if we should uh, do a re-manifestation or if we want to because none of us got the song that we wanted uh, uh, that we were trying to manifest the wheel decided, Nope, you guys are listening to this one. So do we all want to keep our manifestations or do we want to uh, try and manifest a, a different track from this album? What say you all? Mm. <clears throat> I'm sticking with judgment day. All right. Yeah. I'm sticking with the dream is over. That'd be a great one to roll. Hell yeah. I'll stick with uh jump and uh, shout out to George in the chat. George. A? You've been on their show, haven't you, Scott? Uh, the Judas Priest cast. I have, yeah. I had a great time with him and Hattie uh, talking about another song I'd never heard before. Hattie. <laughs> so, I'll tell you what, that's how it works. I, I'm, I am sure my invite just got lost in the mail. Uh, I'm not sure what happened there. But... <laughs> I'd you still and me get both. you on. <laughs> <laughs> but I'll tell you what, uh, I'm going to keep with my Venice Fast Station. I'm going with You Really Got Me and Cabo Wabo. We're going with the, the doubleheader. Uh, from uh, disc two, if you have the CD, uh, I, I believe it was vinyl, like a uh, album three. Uh, mm. It was on there, so I uh, yeah, I'm, good stuff. I'm gonna stick go with on. mine as well, but uh, yeah, no, go ahead, Greg. 
No, I'm going to stick with top of the world. Yeah. And I'm going to stick with spanked. It's going to be that time of the night, boys, when you start watching TV late and certain commercials come on. <laughs> Switching to Cinemax. Tom, uh, in the chat, uh, well, Marvin wants to hear the 316 guitar solo, which would be really fucking cool. I think that'd be great. Uh, Tom wants to hear Pound Cake, so we got another manifestation for Pound Cake. And George says, what's up, Scott, ignoring everybody else on the call? Thanks, George. <laughs> well, you know, um, I, I have a question about this album, though, because from from the little bit that I know of it, it, it was heavily overdubbed in the studio. Was there not another show or anything that they captured that was worth releasing? Is this the only material from this tour? I don't know, uh, Eric. Maybe you can shed some light on that. I know you always kind of planned on the on the two Fresno shows as being the ones they were going to record, right? Yeah. Are you, so you're saying were there more songs from that tour to pick from? Yeah. yeah like I mean, if if it if it needed so much overdubbing to to almost make it a half live and half studio album, I, I'm trying to understand what the point of releasing it was. Could they not have just gone out and captured other material, or why did they choose to do this? Um, oh, so why just basically why they decided to release the live album period? Right. Yeah. Um, uh, boy, I'm trying to remember if there's anything specific said on that. I think it was, um, <clears throat> well, the well, reason for the live album was, uh, the fact that the record label wanted a greatest hits, right? And they wanted Sammy to record some of the raw stuff. He said, and he said, no, it, but I'll do it, it live, but I'll do it live. And let's do the live album. And, and that, when they said, that's fine. And let's, let's roll because for unlawful carnal knowledge was doing so, but did so well, they didn't want to lose. They wanted to keep that momentum going. Um, and uh, yeah. And I don't think there really were much, I don't think there were any more songs uh, other than, you know, mine, all mine, I believe was done on that tour, which I think is going to be included in this, uh, in this yep. reissue, right? Isn't mine online yep. in the reissue? It is. Yeah. And I, you know, it really was heavy on Floral Muffle Connor Knowledge tracks. I mean, super heavy on that. And, they did uh, the whole album that tour, didn't they? I, I don't, I, I don't know if there was a track they didn't play. Yeah. Um, did them all. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, they covered that whole, I mean, they, they were, that's because they did, they were so happy with how that album came out. Um, you know, they really wanted to, to go after a pound cake, judgment day, spanked, run around pleasure dome in and out, man and on a mission dream is over right now. Three sixteen, top of the world. Yeah. They played all 11 songs mm -hmm. on that tour. Did you all know we got called out by somebody on Twitter who said, uh, we shouldn't call it the fuck album. He said, because the album is called For Unlawful Carnal Knowledge, and it called the fuck album is just lazy. All right. Okay. Well, we will get right on that, sir, okay. and we will correct that. We will uh, amend our reports. Did, didn't Sammy wanted to call it like uh, he, he wanted to call he, he it, wanted fuck to call it fuck censorship? Right. Censorship. right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Fuck censorship. Yeah. Yeah. And that was their way around it. And um, Raymond, uh, Ray Mancini, Boo Boo Mancini was telling Sammy, do you know what that means? Yeah. No, Sammy said, no, no. For unlawful carnal knowledge. Yeah, that's that's how they came up with it. Yeah, I mean, that wouldn't have been sellable uh, from a commercial aspect to have it, uh, you know, fuck censorship, you know? And then I think Sammy said, you know, hey, well, then put a put a plastic or put a, you know, paper bag over the cover or whatever you got to do. But uh, it ultimately have... was 
I, I might have agreed with that uh, sentiment of that uh, it just wouldn't have been marketable, but considering it was Van Halen, I don't think that's true. If they anything, could I think do it no would have made it like more explosive because it's like, oh, I got the forbidden album because it's all right. it's naughty. It's like it's this fucks and shit. It's like two light crew. When you got the two light crew out, you're yeah. like, oh my god. You know, and and really, that's their whole mindset was from from the once fifty one fifty blew up like it did, but even with fifty one fifty, they just had the balls to say we're not making videos for that. And then oh, you hit one two, they just felt like we're gonna do whatever we want. And then they release um, uh, Black and Blue as the first single, which was like you know the record labels like, are you sure? You know, <laughs> but they were just like, fuck it, man. Well, they just had they were so cocky and they were so. Um, they're just so high off of that 5150 success. And yet if uh, Nuclear Assault had released it, no one would have batted an eyelash. That's right. Is Nuclear Assault a band? Yeah, very um, uh, heavy, oh, heavy. Oh, were they? <laughs> yeah. I'm, so I was bad. missing that one. <laughs> yeah, because I mean, you know, metal bands could get away with titles like that. I mean, they, they'd have to truncate how it's printed but uh, the, it wouldn't be uncommon for a metal band to do something like that. But, you know, oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're a more mainstream band, it's like, wow, yeah, you can't do that. So it's a really weird thing in the music industry, really kind of genre based. Because, I mean, look at what they get away with in hip hop and rap. Right. You know, if, if Van Halen tried to release any of those titles, the, the record company would be like, yeah, we're not doing that. <laughs> Remember when uh, going back to, you know, Eagles flying John Denver, because why not? Um, <laughs> why not? <laughs> you had to testify against because uh, what it was at Mile High, uh, Rocky Mountain High. That's what it was. Yeah, yeah. That was about drugs, and so he was testifying against all the censorship that was going on at that time too. So there you go. Uh, John Denver's an ally for uh, Van Halen. In that yeah. There you go. Well, anything's yeah. better than uh, hearing "Country Road" for the four billionth time. So, <laughs> good Rocky God. Mountain High. Yeah, no offense to John Denver, uh, I'm sure lovely person. I guess I don't know, but uh, that well, song has just got to go. Yeah, he's he he's been dead for many years, so he won't he, be offended. Uh, he, he didn't make he didn't make it, but uh, well, you know, you know John. Den I don't want John Denver's ghost to come through the, uh, the electronics and like fuck with our shit. And it's like oh, it's like right, okay. yeah, he's standing over your shoulder. <laughs> then again, if, you, it, Mark. if the John Denver's ghost, like, yeah, tried to haunt us, I'll be like, man, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go to war with you, John Denver, because fuck off. <laughs> well, he he was God, right? Wasn't that the movie? He was he played God yeah, with uh, and, uh, George, George, George Burns. George Burns was God. Yeah. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, he was no Bruce apologies Almighty. to John Denver's ghost. There's a sh give me that shirt. I want that shirt. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Fuck John Denver's uh, ghost. John, John Denver was basically the Bruce or Evan Almighty of the movie. Yeah, right. <laughs> Hilarious. Good stuff. By the way, rest in peace, Tina Turner, man. That was a voice. Yeah. There you go. Shit, what a voice. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yep. One of the Crazy biggest talents that the earth has ever seen. And, and oh, a yeah. badass, man. A bad, I loved Ike Turner. was like, you'll be nothing without me. You'll be nothing without me. And uh, threatened to kill her if he left mm -hmm. her and all that, man. She was she was the shit. She was yeah, the real deal. Sure. That yeah, a great tune with Brian Adams too. Um, uh, it's only love. It's, it's only love. love. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Scott I and I are going to uh, cover that on our bod uh, Brian Adams podcast. We're going to start doing here this summer. That's right. Uh, along with our uh, uh, every other band podcast that we've mentioned. I was, was going to say, Parker like, Junior. 
I, I joked one time that it's, uh, it's uh, a Corey, Corey Morissette presents the Deep Dive Podcasting Network. It's just yeah, it's, I got exactly I got six more in the pipeline, buddy. Yeah, it's it's like guppies. I, you know, when you do a podcast, it's like when when you put guppies in a tank and they just start sprouting fifty more guppies at a time. And, but uh, you know, the the one thing that would have been interesting because David Coverdale wrote is this love with the intention of giving it to Tina Turner. As a song, and then he just yeah, decided it was right. so good that that he was going to keep it. I would love to hear what she would have done with that song. Oh wow! Oh, yeah, wow. that's right. That that's good. right. Yeah, and that and that was one of the many hits on that '87 White Snake mm-hmm. album. Mm-hmm. There would have been less Tony Katane in the video, I bet. But apart yeah. from that. It would have been a beautiful song. No, just less. You know what I forgot? Tawny Katane was in a bunch of rap videos because she was with Robin Crosby for a while. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, she was with OJ. Nice. Oh, my God. Well, she was OJ. Not lucky. <laughs> bullet, so to speak. Yeah. So. Oh, maybe yeah. that's why she says, went You guys would did. love Monty Python's bit Farewell to John Denver from the Contractual Obligation album. I, I never heard that album, so I'm not sure that <clears> bit, <throat> but... I haven't either, so I uh, that's maybe that's what Check my uh, my late night listen will be. So we'll enjoy uh, our new podcast on the yeah, a new podcast. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Get ready, Corey. But uh, but before you do that, Corey, and since we all have our uh, manifestations still intact, what say we go to the wheel, spin it, and see what's time to rock? No, no, no. We got to do a little more OU eight one two trivia first. All right. Oh, yeah, we want to go back you, to the trivia. Listen. All right. All right. Let's back see. Back to the trivia sponsored by, <clears throat> let's see. Uh, let's say, ghost <laughs> yes, John Denver. Right. Yes. <laughs> John, De- John Denver's ghost. John yeah. Denver's ghost, yeah. Sponsored by the Van Halen News Desk. <laughs> For all your Van Halen needs. All right, so this is question three. The photo <clears throat> on the back cover of OU812. Uh, this is a tough one. Is All of right. what? What is the photo of on the back cover of OU812? The that's the the chimpanzee holding the skull like in the thinker thinker's pose, right? Yep. Do you know what that is? This is probably the hardest of all eight. Anyone? It's you mean what, what it what it represents or, or what it um yeah, I mean we could <clears throat> what exactly is it? It's a statuette. So what is the statuette? Um, if we could put it up on the screen, maybe that'll help. I don't know. I mean, I'm just thinking of the cover. So like my automatic uh, guess wants to be uh, the, the sculpture of Atlas. Can Yeah. Can you do, Corey, a share screen? Maybe yeah, that'll help. If it's too tough, we could just pass and go to another okay. one. But th- this is a tough one. This is kind of like you know, the fair warning album cover, like who, who's the artist kind of, you know, it's not that easy, but if you can get a picture of it, it's pretty cool. Can you see this now? Yeah, there it is. Oh, that's it. Uh, <clears throat> the thinker. That's yeah. my guess. Yeah. Yeah. And I think the answer's down below there. I, I won't scroll then, but yeah, it looks. Yeah. There's, um, does that say the, the, Darwin on the side? Is it a Charles Darwin thing? <clears throat> I mean, um, there yeah, might sure. be a connection to that, but it's not. I just want to check something here. Isn't he sitting on a book that says it Darwin? It says Daryl. Daryl. It's Daryl. <laughs> so like Larry, Daryl, and Daryl from Newhart? <laughs> Darryl I don't know about Taylor. that. Maybe maybe the monkey's name is Daryl. It's, <laughs> it's, it's a late 19th century German sculptor. 
Oh boy. Anyone? Oh, anyone? Yeah. Anyone? Mar- anyone? Marvin Fernandez says Darwin's monkey. <clears throat> no, I think we're all going to go uh, uh, over on this one. Um, I'm, I'm going to make a guess. I'm going to say, uh, God, you were tasty down to the last. <laughs> I'm going to say, this is the cover of Sammy's concept album, uh, I Wish You Would Bone Me Tonight. <laughs> you know, I thought I came here for a serious discussion about an album called OU812, oh, and you, this is what we get. You thought wrong. You, this is what we get. Show. You know what? Uh, eat them and smile, pal. Wasn't there an album? Uh, I can't remember who the artist was. Wasn't there an album that, that was like, they, they named the album like, I Ate One Before You or something? That was kind of that's possible. Yeah. I was thinking though, you know, nowadays with the AI, there really right. should be an album called AI Eight One Two. I mean, I got the title. <laughs> Somebody's got to figure out the rest. It's going to happen. That, yeah, that, that's gold, Jay. <laughs> sure, it'll happen. <laughs> All right, let's. We could just give up. It's it's a Hugo Reinhold statuette. Oh, it's, okay. it, yeah, it's. I'm only familiar with his brother Judge. Oh, Judge Reinhold, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Love uh, cop too. Um, yeah, but, not, not familiar with too. Hugo. You can't fool me with a banana in the tailpipe. That's right. Um, <clears throat> Hugo Reinhold, the statue is called Afe Mit Shadow, which is translation. Oh, so close. <laughs> it's what? Ape with skull. Ape with skull. <laughs> I, I, I think. Way more that, simple I, than I thought it was going to be. I believe it's actually roughly translated <laughs> to. Uh, why don't you do something with your life? He, the monkey. Can <laughs> the I think that's German for "Do you have a sister?" See, I, I would have preferred like a baby's arm holding an apple, you know, something like that. But there you go. That was, that was, that was Dave, Dave's joke when he was talking about the 96 best of. And he's like, you know, for the pictures of all the band members, I, I would like to have a baby's arm holding an apple. A fucking huge dick joke. I just stole that line from Austin Powers. Yeah. That was oh, right. yeah. Does, does it say, is there any information on why they chose that image? Like, um, yeah, there's got to be something to it. Yeah, I got to find it. They're very um, much into, uh, they were into German sculptors. I, and, I could just uh, say them going, I don't know, just put it on the album. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah, like, let me see. Flipping through like a magazine and like it's got like this feature in there somewhere and be like, hey, that's cool. Put yeah. that Is in it, our uh, album. Did it yeah, pass copyright see. date? Okay, use it. Let's see if I can find that. Uh... Maybe it's in a museum uh, and the boys were in Germany having a lovely museum day, museum afternoon. And, that's what you uh, do on tour. Yeah, you go to a museum. Yeah. yeah. You go to the museum and, uh, you know, you take in the art. And uh, this art was taken in. But like, we got to find a way to put this in our album because <laughs> it's, it's just transcendental. This they weren't doing drugs or fucking groupies. My, my favorite quote in Noel Monk's book, if you guys ever read that, was when Valerie Bertinelli went on tour, went to the other wives. And like, I don't get it. Like, Eddie doesn't want to fool around. And like, no shit. He's been fucking everything that walks on this. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'm oh, still man. coming up with nothing on the um, who chose it. But by the way, a little little teaser, Corey, because you just mentioned uh, Austin Powers. Mm-hmm. I just put up the episode tonight. Um, it's about the artist whose look inspired um, Austin Powers. Mike Mars modeled it after him. The guy's name is Peter Asher. He was a producer. Uh, he was a pretty big 60s pop star. His sister was Jane Asher, which was Paul McCartney's girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And um, he went on to manage James Taylor and Linda Ronstadt and all that. Hell yeah. That's a free plug. Not, not the free other plug. Taylor? <clears throat> yeah. Not Livingston. Yeah. No, no. Not Livingston. <laughs> yeah. That's a yeah. Shame. Not Taylor Swift. So, yes, free plug for Booked on Rock, bookedonrock.com. Yes. 
Um, All right, so uh, we're we're saying nobody on the call got the got the nobody got that one, which I should have just. I really should have just. And that's just really mean spirited on my part, you know, coming up with a really difficult like that. Uh, Do you want to try another one then? Absolutely. Tom Armbruster says he tagged us uh, on Twitter uh, with with the picture. We'll have to check that out after the broadcast here. Yeah, let's hit us with uh, with question four, I believe. Yeah. All right. Who did the band dedicate the album to? Oh, I know. All right. So let's start. Let's start with, uh, let's see, let me go down here. Okay, Corey, you're you're up first. Uh, I'm going to say Eddie and Alex's father. Okay, so you're saying their dad. Who's next? I'll say their dad. All right. Tail rider. All right, who's next? Yeah, their, their dad. I think it says something like, this one's for you, Pa. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nice additional info there. Scott Haskin uh, guesses David Lee Ross penis. Okay. <laughs> Isn't everything dedicated to that? So far, he's the first one to get Man. it right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, who's next? Anybody? Uh, Jan, isn't it? It's what, Jan? You're saying Jan as well? Yes. Okay. Yeah. So Ray's got Jan. Uh, who else? That's one, two, three. Scott Haskin, you're, are you going to stay with David Lee Roth's dick? Is that what we're going to go with? I I feel I feel that's <laughs> likely. I, I think it was sarcastic, but I I think that's what's on the inside of the jacket. Dedicated to the baby arm holding the apple. <laughs> baby, <laughs> who's next? We got one, two, three, four. All right. Who's? Yeah, I agree. Jan. Jan, who's that? Who? Uh, Greg. Okay, Greg's got Jan. Yeah, I yeah, think it went from not, super difficult, super easy. I'm not going to break with the crew on this one. <laughs> All right. Who was who that? Now we got another Jan? Yep. Who was right, that? Uh, is it? Ryan. Oh, okay. That's right. It's going right. to be everybody but me. Yeah. <laughs> I think, what do we got? One, two, three, four, five, six. So one more, right? Is that... Jan. Ray, Ray, did you get your vote in or Josh? I'm going with Jan. Yeah. I'm going with Jan. Okay. Who's going with Jan now? Who's that? Yeah, everybody goes with Jan, but Scott Haskin. <laughs> who was that? Just who was the last one? That's me, Jan. Gotcha. Okay. Jan. Okay, Josh got Jan. Okay. Yeah. So that's what it is, Jan, and um, definitely was uh, uh, Miss You Pa was on the on the back. Um, let's see if there's anything else on that. Wasn't Jan the the nickname of David Lee Ross penis? Yes, it was. <laughs> right. He, he yeah. nicknamed his penis Jan Winter. Yeah, yeah, Jan Winter. Yeah. Jan died in December of 86 on the inner linings of the album. They wrote, this one's for you, Pa. And Tom Very points out close. also I, how Wolfie refers to Eddie. Pop. Nice. Yeah, he did a similar thing with his debut. Yeah. I feel like uh, Scott got some bonus points on that one just because he was, I mean, it, it was very, very close to uh, uh, an exact quote. Yeah. Well, I think we give Scott the winner. <laughs> no, there you David go. Ross Dick is not. They did not d- dedicate the album to Dave's Dick. However, Eat Him and Smile uh, probably dedicated to his own Dick. Yes. Probably. <clears throat> probably. Yeah. And yep. Skyscraper and Little Ain't Enough and. <laughs> that's not a microphone in my opinion well let's say we uh spin this wheel and get another track going spin away is that what we're here to do okay that's what we're here to do all right now i gotta bring up all right everybody's ready you got your manifestations in i'm gonna bring i'm ready 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 yep here we go here we go 
Is it? Pound cake. It almost hit hit on Judgment Day. So close. It almost hit Judgment Day. Yeah. Yeah. Pound cake. We finally done it. It has finally happened. Now I get to talk about how upset I am that nobody played rhythm guitar underneath the solo. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So there you go. Well, uh, Corey, you wanted a rock and banger. I think you're gonna get one. So I think we got what it's one of our most uh, manifested tracks. Everybody wanted to hear. Corey, I'm just thinking, because it's the opening song, you know, Sammy wanted to do a lot of running around. I don't think he wanted to play the guitar. That might be it. Mm. But he has has a headset mic that he plays in all the solo shows. He can still run around and play rhythm. (laughs) Yeah. Look, man, it's hard to do that. He's just a lazy son of a bitch. Yeah, that's what it is. (laughs) But uh... on Live Without a Net, he does One Way to Rock. He's playing guitar. Yep. (laughs) Yep, that's true. Uh, but as you All say, right. yeah, Pound Cake is uh, heavily requested. It's uh, quite a popular tune. There's really not too much to say about it pre-going into it. So uh, if it's all right with everybody else, I say we just uh, launch into it. What do you think? Roll. Do it. Hello, <laughs> Love that intro. Every show, right? Hello, baby. Every oh, show. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. All right. Has anyone did anyone see Van Halen on this tour? No. Yes. yes. Yeah. Yes. It was amazing. <laughs> yeah. So uh, absolutely. So you hear "Hello, Baby," and then the spotlight hits Eddie. Right? He's got the drill. Like, how fucking great was that? Oh, absolutely! Adrenaline rush. Um, Alice and Chains were on tour with him too. That was wild. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They were. Yeah. <clears throat> and they, yeah, they would come out and do the best of both worlds dance mm-hmm. and uh they, they all fucked with each other um um because alice and chains guys oh actually van halen did it first it was like a hazing thing you know for like the new bands about you know quote unquote new band and they uh what the hell did they do they would they taped um oh they did put something on the stage uh so they like so they would trip over it you know just a bunch of shit and so they so Allison Chains got even with him by just jumping out on stage during Best of Both Worlds and just <laughs> dressed as women, you know, dancing with the, <laughs> the guys. All right. So in the chat, uh, Tom uh, says, you're welcome, because he manifested that. So did Marvin. He said, yes, called it. He also saw Van Halen on this tour, both legs. So lucky guy. And then Ooh. someone named Christy uh, Binkley, who I believe just got engaged, uh, says, look at these cool kids. Can't hear due to my own game, but I'm lurking. So it's a good oh, thing she has the volume turned off, but she's Christy her, Binkley? Uh, yeah, she's getting her uh, her sorcerer on her. Uh, actually, she's, I think, an elf. She's playing D&D. It's fine. All right. Oh, well, and rumor has it she just got engaged to some uh, two-bit loser uh, who lives in Nashville. Mark, do you know anything about that? Uh, that is the rumor, and uh, it's uh, tis a shame. But uh, Congratulations, Mark Kamire, for getting <laughs> Oh, get out! Yeah. Are you really? Uh, nice! Yes, yeah. Congratulations. It did. Yeah, it, it happened. Uh, the day did not go as planned, but I made it happen anyway. <laughs> wow. So what do you mean? So before we get into the song, tell the story. How, how did the day go? The day uh, started off great, uh, got everything done in the morning, and then we were going to enjoy a leisurely time at the uh, Tennessee Renaissance Fair that happens uh, every weekend in May. Uh, we were going to go to the Ren Fair, dressed up. I was going to take her under these, uh, these cool, uh, like, 
these shade trees surrounded by rocks, very, very uh, fairy-like, elf-like. That's her, that's her aesthetic. She loves it. And I thought, hey, what better place and what better time to do it? Uh, but we got there way too late. Uh, traffic was a nightmare. Um, my brother uh, had a terrible time. Uh, that's a whole other thing. And But uh, the timing just didn't feel right. And I felt terrible. But I was like... I. I can't wait too much longer because I've got this box. And if I, if, if I keep it hidden too long, she will find it. And the surprise is ruined. She already signed for it when it came. I had to get it ordered. I had to get the band ordered. So she signed for it when it arrived and was like, do not open that please. Uh, but she's like, Oh, you got this thing. Panic. Um, yeah. Panic. So, uh, Rather than uh, postpone the engagement and try another day, try something else where I was quite sure everything would be out of my control, I decided, you know what, let's go home. Uh, we were getting ready to uh, chow down on ice cream and everything like that because it was a long, hot day. And I said, let's go outside and look at the stars. Uh, and she's a stargazer. But this one time she was getting impatient. She's like, I don't want to look at the stars. I want to eat my damn ice cream. I'm like, no, no, <laughs> come outside. Let's look at the stars. I played her her favorite ba uh, David Bowie tune, uh, Wax Poetic, did all the... Uh, you know, fun, romantic things you're supposed to say was on one knee when she turned around from stargazing. And, uh, and I asked her, Hey, let's not wait. Let's, uh, let's do the thing. Please marry me. And there you go. Nice. Awesome. Excellent. Good job, my friend. And to answer your question, yes, I will officiate your wedding and we'll do it live right here. Right here. Podcast will rock. <laughs> hey, if we're doing a podcast, will rock wedding. Then, uh, you know, I may hold you to it. <laughs> I thought I'm you were going to play it. I, I, I am ordained in the Church of the Dude, uh, the Big Lebowski. <laughs> oh, church, so. hey, we we uh, we appreciate the Church of the Dude. Mark, I'm but. surprised you didn't play her her favorite Livingston Taylor song. Yeah, I couldn't find it. It's uh, it's really hard to find his SoundCloud. Like, not a lot of not a lot of listens, so it's just you know really hard to shuffle through. You know what? With all the the funds we're getting from the Patreon, maybe we can afford to get Livingston to play at your wedding. <laughs> sure maybe it's have him probably not expensive so have him do a, his own cover of up for breakfast you know living <laughs> place up for breakfast just on, on the piano just she puts the cream in my cup yeah you know <laughs> he I does think. his own rendition of uh fire and rain except it's just fire and pain and he's just, yeah. just talking about how miserable he is <laughs> it's like yeah i want to hear that at my wedding then he, he pulls a don docket in between songs just rips Every Don time. Don <laughs> I, I saw Don Dockin open for Poison, and he was such a bitter old fuck. He 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 bitched on George Lynch on MTV on every single band, including the band he was opening for Poison. Uh, he was just a miserable. Yeah, that's Hates. how I imagine Livingston uh, to be. <laughs> yeah, mm. and but George Lynch, they have this bizarre thing where like George comes out for like a song or two at the end of the show, so he's like he's there. It's this odd thing. He's not there for the whole show. And uh, it's just strange. And and Lynch still has the Lynch Mob, I think. Mm. He's got like five different bands. Yes. Well, I saw it ain't rocking when if I... it ain't docking, so that's all I can say. <laughs> <laughs> that's what he said. Come yeah. on, again. I, I saw docking uh, when I saw um, Van Halen at uh, Monsters of Rock. Oh, yeah, Monsters of Rock. That's right. Yeah. Nice. Mm -hmm. Yep. What year was yep. that, Scott? That had to be 89, I think. 89. Yeah, I saw it in Denver. Um, cool. yeah, Van Halen headlined. I don't know if they were switching headliners or if they headlined every night, but that night they, they headlined every night. Yeah. They were headlined over the whole time. And, and, uh, Don and, and George go back to the sunset strip days. So they knew, uh, you know, Eddie, Dave, Al, Mike from 
the club days. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You know, there, there, there's a great story actually in that Von, Van Halen documentary that we talked about in show one, uh, the fan made Van Halen documentary about the S festival and about uh, Van Halen's uh, record breaking uh, Guinness world record breaking uh, payday they got for that. And uh, how uh, David Bowie got the exact same payday and how right. he got to keep most of his money. Whereas Van Halen lost money on that gig. Ooh. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I, I just wanted to throw it out there for show two. go check out that documentary on YouTube. Uh, the tape archives uh, is the channel. Uh, fantastic fan made documentary, incredibly well produced. Uh, absolutely worth the time. Uh, episodes one and two are available now. I can't wait for the other three to drop. He just did an unbelievable job with it. Hell yeah, yeah, that whole that whole the tapes archive channel is really awesome. There's a lot of good stuff on there, like uh, interviews with a bunch of different artists. But he does have uh, they have one with Alex from 1980 or 81, and really cool. We got to reach out see if he wants to be on the show, Mark, at some point. Uh, I, yeah, I, would, I yes. think he would. Yeah, Alan Barry. Yeah, Alan. Say yes. Yeah, Alan's a cool guy, man. He put a lot of time, a lot of time in that. He did something cool too with the AI. We were mentioning AI. He has he uh, he he does a part in there. I don't know if it's already been played in parts one or two, but it's Dave's voice. Like it's a quote from Dave, and it's an AI version of Dave's voice, and it's pretty close. It's I pretty damn close. Yeah, I don't think it's been in the first two. I could be wrong, but okay. it's in one of them. Yeah. I would love to hear Dave's uh, reaction to uh, to hearing yeah. his AI voice. Like, I'm sure he would love that. Um, but hey, let's say we sound, pound some more cake. Uh, yes. I say, it might sound a little more coherent than he did during his press conference where he was trashing the class. Oh, man. <laughs> that was fantastic shit. All right. Yeah, hey. guess what? It's pound cake that we spun this week. Let's enjoy a little. Yes. Let's enjoy. God, if that doesn't get your dick hard, then you must be Love a it. Denver fan. Love it. <laughs> and Eddie was looking so cool on that tour. He had the uh, he was wearing the high tops, the uh, the Converse high tops, and the uh, um, he had those like the, the jeans with the holes in them. And just, <laughs> yeah, man, that was awesome. Awesome, man. Great tune. And it all started with uh, Alex's drum beat, and then they worked around that, which is not something they did often. What is the story of uh, the drill? Is there like a specific reason behind that? No, I mean, just Ed messing around, wanted to have some fun. And, you know, it's crazy. He just, I mean, he felt like uh, even even um, one of the interviews he did with uh, Jazz Obrecht, which we put up, um, and this would have been 1982. Mm. Uh, he was already saying like, he's like, you know, I can't, I'm running out of ideas. You know, I can't keep, you know, coming up with new stuff every album. Eventually, I'm just going to, you know, it's going to be, you know, I'm, I'm going to, my, my well will run dry. And, and, um, but he was still trying different shit, man. 91 with the drill. Um, and it was around that same year, uh, Mr. Big had um, Green Tinted 60s Mind, I think was, uh, uh, no, no, that's not the song. Um, yeah, but, brother. What's boy. that? 
his daddy, brother, lover, little yes. boy. You're right. You're right. Yeah. The, the same year they had that. And I, and, uh, um, and all of a sudden I can't believe I'm drawing a blank on the guitarist. Uh, Paul Gilbert did it on there. But yeah, it was, uh, and, and Eddie was able to do that, that cool thing where like, he was just like, he put the drill down, pick it up, put it back down and play. I mean, it's like just effortless. And, um, that, uh, Andy Johns was saying, talking about that. He's just fucking blown away by, it, you know, just watching Ed work in the studio. Anyone um, know the maker of drill that Eddie used? Oh, uh, I don't know. Let's see. Oh, it's, it's the Van Halen stripes on, on it. Yeah. He, he, yeah. he painted with the Frankenstrat stripes, but it is a Makita. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, let me see. It's probably in, in let's see, Pound Cake. I know that piece of trivia, and I know for the rhythm, I think he played a 12 string, didn't he? Hmm. believe so. Um, power drill. Oh, Makita six sixty twelve HD power drill is what it says here. That's a mighty fine drill. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go pick one up at Home Depot right now. Good okay. call. Yep. I won't have anything to do with it, but I'll just have it. Yeah, that's so cool though. Yeah, he was just operating the drill, one of the drills at the studios while he was playing, and um, you know, just said let's let's roll with it. And uh, yeah, Andy, Andy Johns, when he first heard that, you know, that first thing, it just, it was blown away. Great, great <clears throat> way to kick off a song and kick off an album. Like, yeah. All right, let's get back to her. Uh, Christy in the chat says uh, she almost messed up the proposal. What yeah. happened there, Mark? Well, uh, again, like I mentioned, uh, she she was uh, in the mood for the ice cream that I that we got, and uh, I had said, "Hey, let's go outside real quick and you know look." And I just like look at the stars, basically as a way of distracting her so that I could get behind her and like get on my knee and everything. And she, again, she's a stargazer. She's a constant stargazer. So there's always uh, uh, things she's going to mention about the constellations or something about, uh, astrology, things like that. But this one time she was just not having it. It's like, I don't want to look at the fucking stars. I want to <laughs> eat my goddamn ice cream. Why am I out here looking at the star? What are you, what are you doing? And of course I'm like saying a bunch of nonsense just to kind of keep her distracted and keep her looking that way. But she was very, apparently very, very close whilst I was talking and be like, okay, whatever, fuck off, get out of the way, let me go get ice cream. Like, and I would have just laughed at that point, like, all right, cool. So this isn't happening today <laughs> because she's like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm not interested. I want my ice cream. So she um, was totally unex. She did not expect it then. No, she did not. Which is yeah. uh, which is good because that that woman is intuitive, like you would not believe. 
And not to mention the fact that she signed for the damn package when it came, when it was mailed, which I didn't expect. Like, uh oh, and still so, didn't. And she still didn't know, or if she, if she knew, she uh, kind of let the idea pass and just like whatever, forget it. Um, thank, I guess, thankfully though, because our day was kind of rough. Uh, due to circumstances beyond our control, uh, it distracted her enough to not even remotely think about it. So it was very, very close. But thankfully, she didn't turn around and like push me out of the way. Like, what the hell are you doing? I need get out of the way. I'm I'm gonna eat ice cream. But yeah, well, apparently was very close to doing that. And I told her, I said, well, if you had, I would have laughed, and that would have been the end of it. <laughs> I had to try it another day. Is there thankfully, gonna be an ice an ice cream man joke that's coming? I know it's coming. <laughs> there should be. There should be an ice cream man joke. That'll be their first dance. <laughs> I was just going to say, thankfully, you had the first element dance. of surprise uh, on your side, Mark, because had she thought about it, she probably would have said no. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. That's always All the right. fear. So, Let's get back to a little pack. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Hey, while we're stopped, because uh, while we're stopped, uh, one of the things that's really interesting about this is in the verse – Ed's doing basically a call and response with himself. Like he's doing the rhythm guitar and then he goes to the tapping. Like he's doing his own call and response underneath the vocals. It's just, it's just a really interesting, it's not just straight rhythm. He's, he's just kind of doing his own thing, which is. I have to say, Sammy couldn't be bothered to play rhythm underneath. Right. I have to say, I'm really digging the bass. Yeah, you can hear it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mikey's killing it on this one. Absolutely. Got the like walking 16th that's going on there. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's keep her rocking. Anybody know what uh, Chuck Klosterman had to say about pound cake? Referring to that list. I I have the quote here. Yeah, he ranked all the Van Halen songs. He ranked pound cake 35th. Uh, He called it, uh, he praised the song, but called the lyrics straight up sewage drain awful. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. How does he really feel about it? Not at all. (laughs) That is a, that's a take. Um, I yeah. certainly don't agree with it, but like that's that is a strong take. Like that sounds like someone who had a vendetta. Yeah, I can imagine what he thinks of Dick in the Dirt by Sammy. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I know this man named Richard. Now, that was about David Lee Ross pick. <laughs> that was about. David. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I mean, lyrically, uh, other than the line, you take an average guy who can't identify, it, 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 it's, it's pretty silly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but, but, it's, but that's fine. not how it fits in rhythmically. Like uh, cooking with a long time or long, long lost recipe just fits perfectly with, with the cadence of it. I mean, yeah. it's not yeah. always just about the words. It's how it fits in with everything else. And I, I just think of the uh, the video too. I mean, it's, for me, it's as much about the video. And I, I I like that part there where on that lyric he points to Mike, and uh, Mike yeah. kind of gives like a little shrug, like "Ooh, me." Uh, I know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then in right now, in right now, the uh, there's a part where they talk about somebody's going to leave and form their own band, and they're like, well, they show Mike, yeah. <laughs> he's, he wants to start his own band. 
Uh, Ray had the duck out. Uh, he said the wife is needing a message. It might have been a massage, which I mean, if my wife wanted a massage, I'd ditch you guys on a herpy too. So yeah, get that. It All right, Ray. <laughs> All right. Let's get back to a little pound cake. No one's stopping the song because they're all touching themselves, but come on. That's nah, yeah. <laughs> rock and roll in its purest form. It doesn't get much better than that. Yeah, there's a great groove with the Sammy era, Van Halen, uh, mm-hmm. different than the Dave era. It's got this, uh, it's just a really cool groove. I wish uh, I could get you some cool. of that. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, yeah. What a, what a fun band, though, man. And they were all just having such a great time. Ed with that big smile on his face. And they're just, um, and they, you know, they... They enter the new decade and it's like they're ready to kick ass. Now, in a band that has like a dozen great concert openers, is there any better than Pound Cake? Oh, oh, Unchained. Unchained's a good one, yeah. Uh, but although I don't know if they ever opened this check, uh, well, they did. They, they did in the, in the recent years. Mm-hmm. But I would say Unchained is one. Interesting move when they had Sammy back in 04, they opened with Jump. Yeah. Which is unusual. Um, yeah, you want to get it strange. out of the way. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. Um, but yeah, I mean, Pound Cake's a damn good one. Can't beat that. Yeah. All right, let's get back to her. before we get too deep in the soul that's what i'm talking about like on the on the album you got eddie playing uh, his 12 string rhythm underneath that with the main riff that darn air darn air but i think i like but i think i like this you're just hearing mike's bass i kind of like that it's a cool is it missing something like it feels like it's missing some power i I don't i don't feel it i feel like it's it it works okay feel like it works yeah um yeah, but what a fucking solo this is too. Oh, it's one of top. It's a fantastic solo. Just no tears doubt. It up. I just oh, I yeah. love that riff so much. I mix that riff underneath. Right, right. I'm really digging the uh, syncopation of the drums behind that too. A couple oh, of that's the other that he's putting yes. in there is really nice. Yeah, it's like that unpredictable. Like, where's he going? Like, whoop, whoop. Mm-hmm. you know, he's like a little like off kilter. That he, get, but that's what it, you know, so many times does that. It's like, yeah. where's he going? It's again during the Ed solo. You know, it's that it, it's it's that great uh, just sharing the same brain. Yeah, 
And you, you notice too, I don't know if you can tell, but he actually incorporated the drill into that for those couple notes. Right. Like, so, so he just and, picks and, up the, in the middle of the solo and then uses the drill and, again. And it's not just a And gimmick. goes right back to it. Yeah. It's like just, and it's like seamless. I mean, like you, you could, like, you think you could easily fumble that, you know, like, oh, fuck, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Try to drop the drill on your foot or something. But without the video, you wouldn't have known it. It just, no. it's just a seamless. Yeah. Yep. yep. Well, that would have happened if this was home improvement for sure. It he would have yes. Yes. If he got it from if he got it from Home Depot. Yeah. Uh, they opened the 1984 tour was unchained. Uh, so yeah, it made which tour? Oh yeah, that's right. 84, 84 tour they opened. Oh my god. 98 too. They did. In 98, and and that it's on YouTube, the Montreal show where like Dave's. On a, on top of his game, I mean, he does that split, unchained kicks in the spotlight on Ed. Yeah, that's hard to beat. Yeah, so Ed, that'll be the number one opener. That's, pound cake. Pound cake's yeah. got to be top five though. Yeah, I mean, how many say I would be a great opener? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you you want to start know, off slow and depressing. Crowd goes nuts. Yeah, just Eddie walks out with a cigarette in his mouth, sits the piano, and just belts <laughs> out how many say I. That's how you want to start a show. Yikes. Um, speaking of shows, yeah, I, yeah. I did uh, verify an answer to your question earlier, Corey. That Monsters of Rock that I saw in Denver with um, Kingdom Come, Metallica, Doc, and the Scorpions, and Van Halen uh, was 1988. 88. Mm. 88. Yeah. Summer of 88, right? Summer of 88, yeah. Yep. yeah, yeah. Uh, an yeah. eight-year-old Scott Haskin took in that show. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, All right. Let's get back to, to a little pound cake. All right, Mark Kamara, what'd you think of that solo? I mean, it's it, it's a ripping Eddie solo. There's like it's not it, it plays to the song. It, it it's everything that Eddie does really well. You know, it's it's there's not like a ton I can really say to, to, that's gonna add any more uh uh context or sort of you know flavor to it because like you heard it, the solo speaks for itself. Um yeah. The new tone, a whole new guitar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was the, um, you know, that was the model. He really, that's when he started to feel like, you know, he felt comfortable with that guitar. Frankenstein he loved, but this was like his, you know. And it definitely had a much different tone. I don't know what you guys think of that tone compared to the, the Dave era tone. You know, a lot of people like that Dave era tone more, a little more. Uh, it's definitive that that Dave era tone, like it's, yeah. Maybe it's because they had like so many like you know, big hits with that tone, and uh, you know now with the Sammy era, uh, this particular album, maybe he's just going for something a little different. But I mean, it's still it's still got Eddie's sound to it because nobody plays like Eddie played. Yeah. So, but but it's got a little more of a polish to it, a little more of a like a. You know, it's it, it, it matured with the band, whereas the early early days was that raw, you know, yeah, crunch to it. And uh, this this was a little more of a like a sophisticated kind of you know like a little shine to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, interesting. 
All right, I think we got to say goodbye to Josh here. He's yeah, I'm seeing to work tomorrow. So uh, thank you very Josh. much for joining us, yeah. my friend. Yeah, thank you, man. He'll be back on the show a couple times actually in June because he's a twenty dollar patron. Yeah, the pod- oh, cool. and the podcast will rock. So he gets to co-host the show once a month, but we kind of missed him in May uh, due to yeah. my own incompetence. So we'll get him on twice in June instead. <laughs> there you go. Have a great night, gentlemen. Take care. Thank you, man. All right, man. Thank you very much. Fortunately, our patrons are, are very, very patient people. And, and thank yes. you very much for your support. And thank you for, for joining us here tonight. And my God, we spun a good one for you here tonight. Let's get I, back. I got to I gotta get the shirt that Scott and Rose wear, man. I gotta, Isn't I gotta that great? Promote you guys. I gotta, yeah. Absolutely. Would it kill you to wear that everywhere you go, Eric Sanders? Yeah. Come on. Yeah. yeah. Everywhere. You know? everywhere. I don't even have one. I'm wearing my Eddie Van Halen shirt tonight. So. Nice. And a shout out to Kevin Brown, who uh, does most of our designs for us. He's not here he's yet. He's the man. You're not here he's yet. Hey, hurry up. By the, by the way, he's a fucking great musician. I, he, I heard yeah. one of his songs. I was like, uh, what? <laughs> yeah. It was really, I got to listen. He sent me a second one, Kevin, if you're listening. I'm sorry, I haven't listened to the second one. But he, the, what was the one? The one I listened to, I'll, I'll, I'll find it. But, you know yeah, who else? Uh, really good musicians. Uh, uh, Sean McGinnity uh, and his brother. Yes. Yeah, um, for sure. I, I'm a patron of theirs. They sent me a couple of their CDs. And they're fantastic. I got them. I got them too. Yeah. We got, we, we're, we're among some talent here, Corey. Mark, we got Sean, we got uh, Kevin Brown. I mean, Corey, Corey and I are going to start a band. We'll start a I'm band. ready. I'm ready, Which my is, friend. I can play some drums. Kind a little of, bit of a problem. Uh, I got to learn to play an instrument. Okay. Well, yeah, you can we're, but we're working, we're working on it. Well, we'll do yes. a white stripes thing, right? You can sing. I'll play drums badly, and uh, we'll we'll find someone. Maybe uh, Scott Monroe or Ryan will play uh, guitar. Uh, yeah, like I can right. do like me wise magic. And I'll do your uh, I'll do your orchestral orchestrations so that you guys can right. have a symphony behind you. Yeah, Scott, <laughs> there you go. Scott has a number of albums actually. Why don't you take a quick moment to plug yourself here, my friend? Yeah, do it. Oh, but could you rephrase Scott, that? Yeah, oh. man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, no rephrasing. You heard we said. <laughs> well, uh, it is on camera. Um, yeah, I've got. Uh, I, I've got my. Uh, I'm about to start production of my 32nd album. Um, I've challenged, yeah, I've challenged wow. my graphic artist instead of me telling her this is what the album is is shaping up to be. Uh, come up with an image. She's actually coming up with the image first, and I'm going to write the music around her image. So uh, wow. it's going to be a fun experiment. But yeah, that I, I do that. I write songs of my own. I've done some film scores, and then um, I am the recording drummer for the band Era Patches, based out of Montreal. So yeah, uh, you know, and I do some studio work in, in drums and doing some recordings for a band in Denver. And uh, yeah, you know, I kind of like nice. <laughs> We're already awesome. plugging it. It's not even the end of the show. How about that? Right. Thank you, plugs left and right. Yeah. And uh, yeah, Eric and I are starting a band. Our we'll debut album, uh, uh, I'll Do You Tonight, uh, will be coming out uh, fall of 2020. <laughs> debut album, AI812. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to have, have artificially intelligent uh, vocals. Perfect. So, Eric, uh, you need to go out and get a sander and just start your album with a sander because drill should not. Or like just you know, like a... If we don't want to make an impact. Just like a hammer to somebody's balls, you know. Cool. That would be. There you go. That's, that makes an entrance. There you you know, are. I know a guy, John Mariano. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sound of somebody it. vomiting. Just something like that. Something creative. Yeah. Still qualifies. Yeah. Puke yeah. cake coming out twenty twenty three. 
Uh, who doesn't love that moment, especially live, right? Sammy's licking his finger. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good, good shit. Ryan, Scott, uh, we haven't heard from you guys in a while. Greg, either. What do you guys think of Pound Cake so far? Sounds amazing. I'm I'm really tuning into what uh, Mikey's doing here too. The the bass sounds yeah. really nice in the mix, and um, you know we're talking about the absence of rhythm. I mean, Mikey's holding down the fort here. Sounds great. Oh yeah, yeah for sure. Hey, Alex is like the drums are just so huge. I mean, live even. I mean, you got these big bottom drums, and and they're just yeah. I, I just I just love them. On the album and on the tour. Yeah. As much as I would want to see Eddie Van Halen live, I'd want to see Alex Van Halen live as well. Like, just one of my favorite drummers. Yeah, man. Yeah. He must, he must miss playing. You know, he must uh, get to get out there, but we um, don't know. You, you keep hearing rumors, right? Like, you know, everyone yeah. says, oh, we do a tribute thing for Eddie. And uh, it's all up to Alex, kind of whenever he wants to kind of, you know, get up and do something. But he doesn't seem like he's in any hurry. Well, Mike Lanton told Eddie Trunk uh, that Alex concerned uh, with doing something where it's going to take advantage of Eddie's legacy. So I think he's worried about, like, the, you know, just it's a money grab. But yeah. he, 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 he can... Yeah, you can call the shots. I would, I say, donate half of it, even more, to uh, Eddie's charity, uh, yeah, the Holland Oprah Foundation. Yeah. I mean, it's it's his call. He can he can do whatever he wants. I I don't I don't think that's the issue. I just think it's a, probably down to a get Dave on board with Sammy. There, I don't think Dave wants that. Right, Sammy. I mean, uh, yeah. sounds like Sammy's in. Yeah, it'd be Dave, right? Who's kind of holding things up? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know. I mean, I, I. Then again, I mean, they were ready to. Satriani said they were ready to. They were ready to do something in, uh, in New York with like uh, outdoor show, like soon after. I think the aug the August following Eddie's death, so almost a year after he passed. We've gone dates, but so and Dave was on board with it, and so it's just a mystery, you know. I, I don't know what's holding it up. Um, but please, Alex, do something. Please, we just want to see you out there. You know, do something even like a, you know, like like they do with the Hendrix tribute tours. Like, you know, go out there and just have fun. You know, have fun. It should be fun for Alex. You know, he's got a miss playing. Yeah, <clears throat> I mean, this music is his life. Sooner or later, they'll just call Jason Bonham. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> <As> everybody does. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah. and, and you know, it's like. Everybody, anybody, just anybody will 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 be part of it. Like you know, all you gotta do is just like make one call, send one email. When do you need me? You know. I, I think I, I think the hit the, hold up, the real holdup might be something more along the lines of I can't imagine going back on stage without Eddie being there with me. That could be it. That could be yeah, it. I agree. That's with my that. thing. Like his it, drive is probably just not there to do it anymore. He, that could very well be it, and he just doesn't want to. And, and and we and you know. It's, it's it's none of our business, you know. He doesn't do, he doesn't have to let us know that. If that's the case, it's cool, you know. I mean, he's never played with anybody else. That's right. exactly I, it. Never yeah. played. I mean, like Eddie played with Michael Jackson on stage. Eddie played with, uh, you know, he would go out and jam with various people. <clears throat> I don't think Alex played with anybody else. You never saw it. Yeah, like, yeah. Like Eddie, 
Eddie went on Letterman, and Eddie, you know, Eddie did like right. that All Star thing with right. Paul Schaefer and Cheryl yep. Crow and stuff. But you never saw Alex with anybody else ever. And I, never. I think, like, I think, I think he would get into a rehearsal, and whoever whoever the guitar hero was, within fifteen minutes, he would be like, "I can't, I can't do this. It feels like I'm betraying my brother." And that's what no, nobody's like mentioned that. Him. Right. Yeah, nobody's I mentioned like that to this. feel like he's having an affair. Yeah. It could very well be. I mean, they, they were like, you know, uh, I can't imagine what he's going through. I mean, it's, um, I mean, you know, even, even if it wasn't viewed as a betrayal on his yeah. part, it just wouldn't feel right. Like, I mean, like they were just so in a groove where they just could read each other. It doesn't matter how good the other guitarist is that he's playing right. with it's like uh this feels flat it, it's not, not the same uh, yeah, yeah. And that's same. Just, just like anybody grief, it just reminds you of what you don't have or what you're what you lost so it, yeah i think yeah, his exactly. birthday tribute was kind of like a I, I never played with anybody else and i missed that or you know and yeah i don't know that he will yeah, I think you're 100% right, Eric. It's totally up to Alex. I mean, even Wolfie has said, you know, those couple of songs that he played for the Taylor Hawkins tribute, I mean, he feels like he's made his peace with it. And that was yeah. his way, his his tribute to his to his father. Oh, yeah, that's so it. It's, it's yeah. all Alex now. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's just, you know, of all the, you know, you get bands that can move on without a key member, but that's, it's not a key member, it's a theme member. Yeah. And it's just, um, if there's a way to do it that, that, doesn't feel awkward for Alex, then yeah, you know, um, I, I just, it's just still hard. It's been, I don't know, uh, you know, what was it, October of 2020? I still can't wrap my head around it. It's just, it just sucks. Like, I, there was always that thought in my mind, like, <clears throat> you know, Eddie's, Eddie and Al are somewhere right now jamming, you know, something's happening. And even when, even in those dark periods where like nothing was happening, it's like, they're there at least, you know. <laughs> You know, Eddie's alive, he's there. So there's something cooking, you know, something could, could happen, that excitement. And, um, you know, when they came back with Dave, you know, and it was like that feeling of like, it's just a whole, it's a really great feeling when they were at and they would be back. It's just, a, you know, looking forward to a new album or when they would come around on tour, it was like, you just felt like you were just a, a kid again. Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's gone. And it just, it, it just it just sucks. It's a reality, you know. It's where we're at. But he, you know, like for Alex, he's just like Alex was older than Eddie. You know, I mean, he probably was thinking I should have gone before before Eddie. But I remember just being in denial with Eddie for going back to early two thousands. It was like <clears throat> I used to half joke to people. I'd say, you know, I'd be like, yeah, he had cancer and all that, but no, he doesn't die. He's he's a superhero. You know, yeah, like I was like half kidding, but like you know, the other half of me was like in denial. You know, like no, no, it's not gonna happen. No. He's fine. He's fine. <laughs> and, uh, and, you know, it's, it's just still, it's just, it's hard. Well, and that's it's, why, and where we talk about it, I think a tribute's never going to happen. And that's okay. Like, yeah. like for us, we're just fans. Alex lost his brother. And if he never wants to get on stage with his brother, that's okay. And uh, yeah. Yeah. Anytime these guys are in yes. the, in the media, they're constantly peppered with questions. Is there going to be an Eddie tribute? Mikey gets it all the time. Sammy gets it all the time. David gets it yeah, all the time. Yeah. And everyone's got to be just resigned to the fact it's okay. If Alex says, no, I don't want to yeah. step on stage again without my brother. That's mm -hmm. okay. Cause we yeah. lost a guitar hero. He lost his brother. 
Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the one thing that I wish I'd like to see more of is to, uh, you know, further the legacy of, of, of the band. Um, you know, it's like uh, Bob Rock was saying in that interview, um, the reason he listened to Metallica was in Canada where he grew up, a bunch of kids, uh, skateboarders all had Metallica shirts on. And that's why he listened. So uh, in other words, like, you, you want, you want everybody wearing these shirts. You just want, you want like the Stones logo is everywhere. Uh, Metallica logo is everywhere. The music's everywhere. Um, how many new fans are, are, how many new Metallica fans are there because they happen to watch Stranger Things and they, they that scene right. comes up, you know, and they're like, who the fuck is this? Cause think about it. I mean, there's, <clears throat> there's people every year, there's some new kid uh, being blown away by a song and then wanted to hear more, but you gotta, you know, they gotta be in your fit, like ACDC's logo, you know, the music everywhere. Yeah, I'd like to see it. I'd like to see it in movies and commercials and just um, and not not take advantage of it monetarily, but just you have to keep that. You know, there, there are just people that don't know, like Gene Simmons said, he's like, there are young people who just don't know who the fuck Eddie Van Halen is. Mm -hmm. And that's a shame. That's a real shame, you know? Well, when you think about it, it's it's really weird to think that there's somebody who just today or tomorrow for the first time is going to hear Paranoid by Black Sabbath or Iron oh, yeah. Man. Or, yeah. You know, it's, yeah, yeah. You know, it's, oh, it's, yes. it's so yes. great because these are things that are such staples in our lives that we've known for decades. And to think that there's somebody out there who has no clue it even is a thing. It's just mind boggling, even though, I mean, I understand why and it makes perfect sense, but it's still like, doesn't the entire world know that song? Well, no, not at all. No. And, I, and I, a great example is my, my sister uh, has a daughter who's 12, 13, and we, we, I said to her uh, recently, so what do you listen to for music? And I was waiting for like Taylor Swift or whatever, you know, and her father says, tell, tell them who your favorite band is. Queen. I love Queen. Mm. I was like, that's freaking great. And that's because of Roger Taylor and Brian, and Brian May. I mean, they've worked really hard to keep that name out there. Movies. Mm commercials, you name it, they're on tour, you know, uh, you, you, that, that's what I just wish would happen. But the problem is, again, you got the Sammy and Dave thing. You can't get on the same page on anything. It's like, God damn, you know, it's not like the ACDC when Bond died and Brian steps in and Brian was just like, you know, he was, you know, bowing down to Bond and just, it, it was a, it was a transition thing where he could, but it's just never going to happen with Sammy and Dave. Yeah, like Sammy sure. said, we're oil and water, man. We're... He was on uh, Joe. Uh, who's he? Uh, he was on the podcast for the dude from uh, Jackass uh, recently. Uh, John Joe Rogan. Yeah, yeah, and and he was just like he's like he tries to get along with Dave, you know. But he, just, he was funny. He goes, if Dave was sitting here right now, he'd be like, "Well, Sam." <laughs> well, you know, I, I think Ian Gillen from Deep Purple explained it really the best when he left Deep Purple in 73 and somebody asked him if he listened to, you know, any of the stuff that came after him with Coverdale and, and Glenn Hughes. Uh, I shouldn't call him Coverdale, David Coverdale and Glenn Hughes. He said, um, would you want to uh, see the guy sleeping with your ex, you know, after the fact? It's like. From from Dave's perspective, I could kind of see like this was my band. Now you're in it. I don't want to know what you did. 
I don't want to sure. be like I can sure. kind of understand, but to not, but yeah, I mean, just shut up and get together and you know, do it, just do do the job and get through it. You know, we all have to work with people we don't like. So yeah. why should that it's, be any different? Good point. Nope. I do a podcast with Scott Haskin. There you go. I mean, it, and it's, it's every week. So I, you know, I'm so glad. I just I just thought it was Corey. I wanted to mention that um, you you read that email that I shared with you guys. Um, yes. Yep. And there was a great point that he made. Um, I want to find. Do you still have that, Corey? I have. You. I'll try and bring it up here. Yeah. He actually he wrote us um, a note after. I haven't even shared it with Mark yet because I've been forgetting. Um, yes, oh, but yes. he. Yeah, apologies. I'm trying to remember now that. But yeah, Pound Cake's a great song. I'm really liking it. <laughs> I just want to make one point because it's real. Get back to it. <laughs> it's real important though, because of what he said in that in that letter, uh, he brought up a, a point about uh, the what the what could have been factor with Dave. Yeah, and that is huge. I think that's what kept, I know that's what it was for myself and my generation of fans is like, what, what could have, because when Dave left, they were still, as as um, Noel Monk said, still going up, like they would have been in stadiums. And so there was like, always in the back of my mind, like, what if Dave came back? You know, so like in 88, 89, and 90, and 91, that was always in the back of my mind. And I think that, Mystique. That's that's what I think. Why people prefer the Dave era more than the Sammy era because it was like unleft, unfinished business there. I mean, they they still had some gas in the tank in that Dave era. And what they what could they have done to follow 1984? You know, the we'll never know. So that's the whole. You know that that's what keep keeps everybody or kept everybody into that that Dave era, like. And, and he still was, Dave was still on his game to where, you know, in the even early 90s, around a little late enough, it's like, what if he came back? And, uh, you know, it was always on everybody's mind. Um, so and I think you, that's what the you, point he was making in that, in that email. He said. Do you think that if they hadn't fired Noel Monk, that they would have stayed, that Noel would have been able to hold them together? And they wouldn't broke wouldn't have broken up in '85. No, I think it was the writing was on the wall. I, I don't think I, I think it's, it's amazing they did 1984, considering where things were at. Um, and Alan Berry's documentary gets into that. But then there's nothing that he could have done. Um, you know, Eddie was now he got his own studio, and it just things weren't weren't. weren't going to be the same again and um and dave's ego i think dave felt like he was going to do that crazy from the heat album and the songs were specifically nothing like van halen because i think he was trying to tell them look you know this is just i'll do this and come back that just blew up and um but i don't think so i don't think it would have uh, made a difference you know i mean i i get the the notion of the you know, what could have been with the Dave era. And of course me coming in, you know, looking back at that rather than living through it. Like I see it differently that, you know, Sammy didn't follow in his footsteps, which actually made 
you know, like was a different element injected into it, which got us all the stuff that we got on the Sammy era, which added a whole new, a whole different flavor, a whole different dynamic and a set of things, as opposed to like the ACDC thing where, yeah, we're just going to continue the same type of thing. Um, it, it gave us a lot more variety because of that. And I mean, I really yeah, you're right about that. I think actually Sammy in that sense came at the right time because uh, Dave's, stage antics and that thing would have kind of been a little passe what it was was getting old and sammy comes along at the right time in that sense um i I still think you know just like can you imagine the reaction that it might have been short run it would have burned out fast maybe but like say say it's 1988 1989 you know dave's still you know he's got a top 10 single just like fairness he's still you know, he's still doing really, really good. So like he, can you imagine if he rejoined that band at that point though? I mean, what, what that would have done. I mean, it would have been a huge story, you know, that would have been a big, big, big thing. Um, you know, as, as, as good as they did with Sammy, I just, you know, they would have, I think they would have been selling out Madison square garden three nights in a row. And, um, it never happened. And then by the time they do it, you know, Dave was, past his prime he wasn't you know although that 07 tour he was good you know he was still doing a lot of his, his stuff but you know he's, he's older he can't keep doing that shit i mean the stuff that he did in, in, in his in that first run with the band is insane the physical stuff that he did on stage but we wouldn't um, have gotten california girls uh, yes, california. <laughs> exactly and but you know i world I, is that the we wouldn't have gotten shiba Okay, so I always wonder, though, when when people speculate on something like this, I think there's a component that doesn't get addressed, which is if you have writers that write a television show, okay, for example, and then there's a writer's strike and they have to stop writing for a while and then six months later they get back together, they don't get right back into that groove that they were in. It's changed. And so if Dave had come back into the band at some point, they might have had high expectations, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they would have been able to pick up where they left off because now they've grown a little bit in different directions. So while it's possible, there is that that component of the difference between continuing on and breaking apart and getting back together are not necessarily the same thing. Yeah. But I still, God, I just feel like it would have been the 96 Kiss reunion thing, I think. I, I, and even if they got back with Dave in 96, give Dave a little bit of time to get back into his game. He was doing the Vegas thing, and um, he was a little off kilter there with pants yanked up to his fucking. <laughs> we, we, we have an effect on people here in Vegas. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> he had that dark brown hair, and it was like, oh, man, of all the times, it was, you know, that was his opportune time to come out with that fucking blonde mane again, you know, and look cool and shit. And he, the one thing, the smartest thing that Dave did, he had, he had to force it in because the, the night was a disaster, but he, he's smart enough to know the audience and uh, – they're Eddie, Eddie's just trying to do like, so And the winner of the best way, and Dave goes, no, 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 no. <laughs> you know, like, cause he's like, no, I'm going to fucking say something. We have to make an announcement here. You know, and that's, and you're like, here we go. This is the first time we've been on stage together in over a decade, you know? And then he knows to stop and let the fucking crowd go ape shit. And it was like, thank you, Dave. And he was able to get that in there because otherwise, Ed and Al were not going to let him say anything. But it was like, this is the moment, dude. Right. And that, I remember I was like, 
good for you, Dave. You got in there, man. You, you, you know, it's just nobody can read a crowd better than Dave. So he knew, you know, and then he hugs Eddie, right? Says nothing, but just hugs Eddie. And I was like, you know, shit. I mean, but something seemed off. If, if, if that happened in like 88, 89, then we wouldn't have gotten pound cake. We wouldn't have gotten pound cake. Hey, that's the song we're listening yeah, to. Yeah, hey, we should. Oh, where, nice where, what are we doing here? I'm sorry, I got yeah, got very. Uh, we kind of kind of went on a little bit of a tangent there, but uh, you know, Ryan brought us right back. Thank you very much, sir. Let, spin let's it, listen Corey, spin it. Here we go. Some of that homegrown pound cake. <laughs> My goodness. Indeed. Yeah, I love how you hear Alex with the symbols along with Eddie. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. Just all, ding, ding. Yeah. Like they're even together in that. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder I love how they finish that off in concert. Like you because on, on the album it's a fade out, right? Yeah. So you always kind of wonder how they can do that live. Right, I, I just love how they just kind of bring it down, and, and you know, Alex is on the symbols there, and just the the kind of build, and then Sammy with the uh huh, uh huh, yeah, oh, big concert ending, fan fucking task. It's the right ending, I think. Like if that's yeah. if that's what you're gonna do live, like I think that was the smart choice for that one. But uh, dare I say it? Okay, pound cake. This is uh again long time requested, long time manifested uh, track from various of our uh, listeners. Do I even need to ask which way we're uh, voting on this song whatsoever? Like, do 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 I have to, or should I just say uh, everybody? <laughs> I'm, I'm gonna play the clip once. Uh, we got four votes in. Who else? Come on, five, six. Eric Senich. Oh, Eric Senich votes no. I don't care. I'm playing it. Damn it. I'm so close. Yeah, I don't have a lot Thumbs to up. But yeah, uh, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll start it off and I'll just, just very quickly say, yeah, this is one of uh, my all-time favorite Van Halen songs. It's one of the, uh, one of the tracks, then there are many, but this is one of the tracks that really got me uh, to appreciate 
Sammy Hagar as a vocalist, not just the front man for Van Halen, but just, just as a vocalist. I mean, the whole album really did that for me, but uh, pound cake is special. And uh, what better way to really kick off the fuck album when uh, with a little bit of uh, give me some of that pound cake. I mean, uh, between Eddie's uh, the pinch harmonics, he throws in there a little flavor, uh, just everything about this song. I love it. I think I personally feel like this is one of Van Halen's all time greats. So yes, Big thumbs up for me. Uh, throw it over to Scott Haskin. How you feel? You know, uh, I mean, even just on the baseline alone, I would have given this a thumbs up. But I have to say, this is definitely the best Sammy song I've heard from the band. Uh, one of the the best Van Halen songs I've ever heard. And I've been waiting. I refuse to listen to the song because you guys have been talking about it for so long. I'm like, I want to hear it on the show. I'm, I'm going to wait and hear it on the show. And uh, you're, you're, I'm just sure that you're going to pull it next week, the studio version. So I'm looking forward to hearing that. But uh, no, kick-ass song. Absolutely amazing. Uh, throwing it over to Greg Zito. Yeah, uh, this uh, this song stands tall. This one, uh, and it stands the test of time. It was great back uh, back when it came out. Right now, it's still every bit is good. Uh, the guitars, the drums, the bass. Uh, you know, I, I disagree with Klosterman. The lyrics, I love them. Um, this is this is just a great tune, and uh, I love everything about it. Boom. Uh, Ryan Powell, how do you feel about Pound Cake? Yeah, I was almost going to make this my first downvote of the entire uh, podcast, but no. Wow. No, this is, this is amazing. No, this is, this is a great song. There's just no no bones about it. It's it's perfect for what it is. And what it is is just a, a great, great rock song that everybody is showcased on. Sammy sounds great on it. Mike sounds great on it. Of course, Ed and Al always sound great, but the the little things that Ed throws in this, it's not just about like, Ooh, what new thing can I come up with? The drill is not just a, a gimmick. It is organically part of the sound that he creates for the song. It's not just for, for the sake of doing something different or new. It's always to further the music. And this is just a perfect example of it. And the fact that he incorporates it in the middle of his solo, not just, Oh, here's, here's the intro, just a gimmick at the intro. I'll set it down. And now I just play normally. Like he, he into the sound of the song so yeah big big thumbs up all joking aside <laughs> uh let's see uh scott monroe can you follow that <laughs> yeah just to add on the drill some more um i remember when i when i first saw the video for it and everything and first heard the song i, I actually wasn't sure if it was a real drill or not i was wondering oh is he making Same. that sound with his guitar and is he just kind of showing off the drill to make us think it's a drill um, which is a testament again to, you know, how organic it is and how well it fits in with, uh, what he's doing there. So, um, it, it makes my top five for sure. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's up there top tier. Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Eric, final words. One of my all time favorite Sammy era songs, perfect, uh, concert opener as Corey said, and, um, the live version is it's killer, man. The ending. I love the ending better than the fade out. And uh, hey, what can you say, man? This is uh, this this kicks off the album that I uh, got drunk many a night to in college. <laughs> Don't we all? Yeah. And uh, Corey, uh, what say you? Uh, top two from this album. I, I I think I put Run Around maybe a little bit ahead. I just personally love that song, but mm -hmm. this is one of my favorite Sammy era songs of all time. Uh, I just want to go to the chat real quick. Marvin Fernandez says, uh, 
obviously that's what dreams are made of best Sammy opener. Mm. Uh, I would agree out of uh, all the openers, uh, Sammy openers is probably number one. Uh, Tom gives it a thumbs up, obviously. Yeah. Uh, and Jeff Brewer's in the chat uh, has to Yay. be an upvote. Great use of harmonics, natural and tapped from Ed vocal delivery is really good, but also think the actual lyrics are dopey and juvenile. But that's part of Van Halen. Incredible music and occasionally goofball lyrics. You know what? I, I'm kind of with Greg, though. I kind of disagree with Klosterman and with Jeff a little bit. I don't mind the lyrics at all. Uh, they're, no. they're, they're fun, and, and, and they, they fit the music perfectly. Mm. Um, Jeff also says, I do like what Ed does during the album Fade Out. So, yeah, he does do some cool shit on the Fade Out. I kind of go back and forth if I prefer the uh, album track versus the live track. I do like the ending of the live track better, but mm -hmm. I like that the album track has that rhythm. Uh, underneath uh, Ed Solo uh, playing that that main riff on the twelve string, which sounds just fucking phenomenal. Agreed. But th th this is top tier Van Halen. This is one of the reasons why I wanted to do this show. <laughs> so I'm very very glad on live right here right now right night that we spun Pound King. That's just you, you couldn't have planned it any better. No, not at all. Again, we wanted a banger. Pound cake is a banger in more ways than one. Uh, so there you go. A unanimous clean sweep twice. Uh, that's what dreams are made of. And uh, how, how, I mean, how, how can you expect anything less, right? Uh, this is good stuff. Good stuff, kids. So let it be known. A good live performance can make or, or it's, it can make a band. It could also break a band if it's a bad performance. Like, But uh, Van Halen is has never been, uh, at least during our rediscovery and journey, uh, very few times have the live shows been uh, less than par, up to par. You know what I mean? Uh, but uh, this live version of, of Pound Cake certainly fits that criteria of, above par i would say and now Corey wants to do his favorite thing which is make mark look dumb that's right it's time to play how many times did van halen play pound cake live we're gonna start with mark meyer because it's right. your show and you just got engaged my friend how many times do you think van halen ever performed pound cake i'll go and even uh 300 times. 300 times. All right, Eric Sinich. Remember, this is Price is Right rules. Yeah. You have to get closest to the actual number without going over. 300. So they played, they played it on two. Uh, they, played, they tore off the album, then they did the Right Here, Right Now tour. Balance tour as well. What's that? Did they, would they play this on the Balance tour? Um... Yes. I'll go with um, 325. 325. All right. <laughs> Scott Monroe, how about you? What do you think? I'm going to go lower. Uh, let's go 200 even. 200 even. All right. Scott Haskin? I don't think they ever played it live. That's but, a big fat zero. Oh, Even though you gonna, heard the live version. I bet I'm going to guess. <laughs> it's like, that wasn't real. It didn't happen. <laughs> I'm going to guess 285. 285. All right. Uh, Ryan Powell, do you have a guess? How many times do you think Pound Cake was played live? I don't know that they did this much after the Foreign Lawful Tour. Uh, I'm right. going to go lower. I'm going to say 150. <laughs> 150. All right. Did, Ryan, did they play the it a lot on the balance tour? I don't think they played it a lot on the balance tour. Can you guys hear me? Yeah, yep. I think Ryan's yeah. frozen. Ryan, oh, Ryan's frozen. Because I'm just thinking, I mean, I know they had to have played it. I mean, I know they See, played yeah, it. I was but... trying to remember. It's been a while. <laughs> I have the answer here. They did play it on the balance tour in quite a bit. Okay. 
but it's not as much as they did in 2004. Mm. By the way, uh, pretty much everybody went over except for Ryan and Scott. The correct answer, 254 times. Scott Monroe oh, is the winner. 254, okay. 254. They actually wow. played it 80 times in 2004, uh, yeah. 60 times in 93, and 51 times in 91, plus uh, 38 and 92. This song should have been a staple in every show that they ever did. I, and only 25 times in 1995. So. Right, that's it. They didn't, they didn't do it a lot. On, nope. on that 95 so. Marvin Fernandez is just on the second leg of the balance tour so right because they open with seven seal for right <laughs> uh, yeah huh. crazy and stuff. then yeah oh four they definitely played it yeah and that's uh, did they even do it with Sharon I don't think so no, no doesn't look like it no I don't think so yeah Especially mixing in like uh, a lot of Dave stuff too, so right. Yeah, yeah. Sharon, they pretty much did. They did when it's love. Why can't this be love? And humans being, and that that was about it for Sammy era. Oh, but they did get in. I'm the one, so that that was pretty awesome. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) If you say so. If you say so. Um, but there you go. All right. So uh, whether you love them or hate them, you can't deny uh, Pound Cake uh, during the Sammy era is a uh, total good rock and Van Halen tune. So there you have it. Um, that it better get above 90 percent. I mean, no it, it should. It should. But you know that it won't. Uh, well, I'm, I'm, it might. It might. I'm, I'm guessing like in the 75 percent, unfortunately. Oh. Really? It should no, be higher. But I, I'm thinking any, anytime, anytime you have a Sammy song, it's just it's just gonna get downvoted more. I, You're gonna get I'm downvoted, pretty- yeah. Just just from the uh, the strictly Dave era people that are that apparently do exist and they're out there and they uh, they <laughs> they don't even listen to the show. They just uh, they wait for the polls just so they can go like, nope, Sammy song, boo. The dream is over, is filler. Dream's Sorry. over. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Terrible but album hey, filler. Like, come on. I, I think, though, that we're missing one component from the uh, engagement story. Mark, Yeah. what kind of ice cream was more important than looking at the stars? <laughs> oh, good call. It was pumpkin cheesecake ice cream. Ooh. Okay, right. I can I can kind of give it to her on that. Yeah. And look, here's the thing: the this particular private selection pumpkin cheesecake ice cream is a whole story in and of itself because we found it once. They said, "Let's try it." It was great. Uh, we never saw it again for so long. I was like, it was this discontinued. Did we dream it? Was it a fever dream <laughs> that we ate this ice cream? Like it wasn't even real. We just imagined it. And then randomly one day we weren't even looking for ice cream. We just happened to walk by it and like, there it was. And we had to grab it. And, uh, but then again, we, we ate it, it was gone and we never saw it again for a long time until recently this uh, past week. Uh, There it was. I think that was the sign from, uh, you know, whatever the, the universe, the gods, whatever you want to call it. It was the sign of like, Hey, look at that. Our favorite ice cream just happens to be available. And it's always just one carton. It's always just one. So we get lucky. Uh, grab that one. I said, so it has to happen tonight. Like uh, the, the day has gone so bad. Uh, I, I think I can turn it around. And then eventually I was going to give up. But then I saw that and I go, I'm going to try one more time. I think I can make it happen. 
Um, I think we should do a, a deep dive podcast into premium select pumpkin cheesecake ice cream. <laughs> Hey, I'm down. I don't Look, do enough shows. I am, I am all about it. I, I will be re- ready and willing. We'll make that happen. Nice. Eric but, and I are going to do a podcast about our new band that we just we are. So, yeah, that's good. That's great. right. I, I just want to add Scott Haskins is quickly becoming the standout member of his cast. He's, he's going he's gonna to get offers to go solo. I know. He's. He won't be with us too much. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a podcasting war between him and uh, Corey, but on uh, who who is gonna have the most shows and who's gonna be the the more popular <laughs> of the two um, until eventually Corey is no longer uh, a Corey at all. He's just a podcast. He is just yeah. a yeah. podcast. <laughs> right, right now entity. we're tied. But in, in about two and a half weeks, Corey is going to take the lead because one of my podcasts is coming to an end or basically coming uh, to an end. So you're right. That is. Oh, no. Yeah, I, I've got about two, a little over two weeks worth of songs left. I, I am working with BMG on doing a, a couple of special episodes down the road, but uh, I've covered everything. So there's there's nothing left to do. How many songs all together in your catalog? Uh, I think it was 307, if I remember right. That is a hell of a run, man. So, I mean, if it's if it's time to uh, put it to bed, then it's time to put it to bed because it's like you, there's no uh, you should be very proud of that number. You should be very proud of that work because that's incredible. Thank um, you. Four shows a week for a couple of years. So, yeah, yeah it was a, it, it was a lot of work, but it was well, I should say it was a lot of effort because it wasn't really work. But uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, turning so many people on to a band that they were familiar with, but didn't know was the biggest reward. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I'm one of them. I mean, from listening to your show and then interviewing an author of a book on the band, I was like, wow, how did I not know more about this band? Yeah. You well, know, thanks, Eric. Than, I appreciate uh, it. Yeah, man. Thanks, guys. Uh, a very underrated band. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. Awesome stuff. Well, that's a that's a really good segue. You know what? Let's all uh, I'm going to go around the the panel and have you guys plug what you got going on and what's, uh, you know, where the people can find you and stuff, because you are awesome guests. We love having you guys on the show. So uh, go ahead, Scott, and, and, and finish up your plugs, man. Like what else? What have you got going on? Where can the people find you? Where can they check it out? Okay, so there is Uriah Heap, the Magicians podcast. Um, I'm slowly transitioning that to YouTube and so far have not had any copyright violations, but that's uh, available everywhere you can hear and the podcast will rock. And uh, there's also my other show, the Haskin Cast podcast. And then you can find Corey and myself with uh, another guy on a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, you can find all my books and music on my website at scotthaskin.com. Hell yeah. No. Uh- only man busier than uh, Corey in the podcasting world. So yeah. <laughs> a lot more busy. Yeah. A lot more busy. So uh, Scott Monroe, thank you so much for being on the show. Where can the people find you? What you got going on? Yeah, thanks for having me, man. Uh, at Scott D. Monroe on Twitter. You'll find me in the comments like usual. And uh, another shameless uh, plug for the Patreon. Join us. Get in the Discord. Yes. And uh, oh, read read that. my uh, occasional manifestos when I feel like it. <laughs> Look, manifestos. the manifestos might be lengthy sometimes but they are definitely worth the read because you know i can confirm scott actually like he knows what he's talking about he's got a good, good insight so uh if you ever feel like you're getting long-winded with those don't okay they're insightful we appreciate it so thank you so much uh ryan powell man always always a pleasure so please tell the people where they can find you and what you got going on 
Yeah, so I'm doing a whole Van Halen song showdown, which is basically for my own ranking. I wanted to understand how each head-to-head matchup goes. And I'm like, yeah, I'll do that. I'll commit to it. You guys announced it and kind of got some traction. And then I realized, oh, crap, I didn't do the math. That's 8,206 different matchups when you put every song against every other song. So it's like, all right, buckle up. We'll, we'll, we'll do this uh, one, one, one uh, matchup at a time and figure out which ones I think are in it. Some of mine are controversial. Some of them are obvious. I, I like to hear the discussion around them, but you can find that on Twitter at airhead three. Um, that's because I'm a former pilot. I also have a big band. So I, I play clarinet. So this is why big band oh, Bill cool. is a great nice. song for me because I get to do a Van Halen cover with my big band. So, uh, nice. yeah, nice. In, in the Denver area, William and the Romantics. So, uh, do, do a bunch of shows there. So there's, there's my other, uh, musical outlet. There you go. If you're looking for an opener for, uh, uh, what's his name, uh, that you're going to get to play for your wedding there. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. What the fuck was his first name? Livingston, I want to say Livingston, Livingston Taylor. Jonathan Livingston, Livingston, Livingston Taylor. Taylor. Yeah. See, that's the problem. Nobody can remember his uh, absurd name, Livingston Taylor. <laughs> so We're giving him some uh, free plugs. We yeah. are. Yeah. You know what, everybody? Uh, if you can find Livingston Taylor, he's probably got a SoundCloud. Go find <laughs> it. Go check him out. Show him some love because he's probably just really miserable. I'm sure he's leading it by brother. now. That's got to be just a, just a troublesome existence. And we're, we're sorry. Apologies to Livingston Taylor. <laughs> oh man. Um, and the, the, the man, the myth, the legend himself, Eric Sinage. Hey man, what you, uh, what you got going on other than, uh, the Van Halen news desk? Well, um, by the way, Glenn Miller orchestra, my favorite, Brian love yeah. Glenn Miller. Um, play, play the rock. Yep. Play, what's that? I uh, played, played a couple of shows uh, oh. with them on a different stage. Yep. Hell yeah. Uh, Book Down Rock is the podcast. Um, and it's been just going great. Uh, we, we just, I just put up a, an episode on uh, Peter Asher, like I was mentioning. Um, we have, uh, and I'm doing videos now, so I'll take video segments, best of segments from each of the interview and uh, put up one video on Motley Crue will they survive without Mick Mars? And that's got a lot of comments. And um, you can find the video on the website, bookedonrock.com. Because um, as you guys probably know, uh, John Five is now in the band. Mm-hmm. So videos and uh, did one on Bruce Springsteen's Nebraska album. Uh, that Motley Crue video came from a full interview with uh, Sean Kelly, who wrote a book uh, called Don't Call It Hair Metal, Art in the Excess of 80s Rock. So if you're into that, Absolutely. Check that one out. Did one on Tool. Did one on uh, Cliff Burton, the late, great Cliff Burton of Metallica. Uh, Joel McIver, just an amazing book on that. Um, actually did one on Van Halen recently, Morgan Brown, who wrote a book called Van Halen, Every Album, Every Song. So you can check it out, bookdownrock.com or wherever you get your podcasts. It's it's there. Um, and of course, you have com. Right on, right on. Great stuff. Uh, again, you guys, thank you so much for being on the panel. Thank you uh, to all that you do, all the support, and uh, keep checking out everything that they got going on. Uh, thank you to the people in the chat. Shout out to uh, to Marvin Fernandez, to Jeff Brewer, to uh, the uh, Ma France, Christy. Uh, thank you for being in the chat, everybody. Uh, Corey, would you please let the people know where they can find Corey Morissette at the Deep Dive Podcasting Network? 
All right. Before I do that, I want to throw a shout out to our uh, Patreon. Yes. Uh, I want to mention the, the fine folks who were on the call here tonight, but had to go. And uh, those who couldn't join us here tonight, including Jeff Brewer, who's in the chat, uh, Nate from the Deep Purple Podcast, Matt LaCasse, uh, Rava Flav, who had to take off. Thank you very much, Josh, uh, who uh, petered out as well. Greg Zito, uh, Don DeTallo, uh, Chaz Charles, of course, from Regarding Lulu. I love that show so much. Uh, Sean McGinnity uh, from the Sean, Sean. Class for a podcast. Yeah, uh, he's a patron of ours. Uh, he's doing uh, uh, the metal shop. He's doing a lot of great stuff over there. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts of all time, Kevin Brown, uh, who does two great shows, uh, the Tom Pity Project and Seaside Pod Review. Uh, per Lenniker, and uh, just thank you so much for, for your support of the show. And uh, just a quick shout out to the Deep Dive Podcast Network. Here we go. We're going to go through the raw. First of all, uh, myself, Scott Haskin, and John Mariano do a show called Backtracks Aerosmith Revisited. Uh, so you'll, you'll never get sick of Scott Haskin. we got about 400 songs to cover on that show. Farewell uh, tour. Yep. Uh, John and I do a show called Backtracks Steam Music, where we're talking everything music and movies. Uh, we just had Scott uh, on talking a little uh, tune by Rainbow from the Guardians of the Galaxy 3 soundtrack. So look for that to drop on Monday. Uh, we also, uh, Scott does the Uriah Heap Show, the Magicians Podcast, Nate and John at the Deep Purple Podcast, the Simple Man at Skinnerd Reconsidered, Terry T-Bone Matthew at T-Bone's Prime Cuts on the other side, Rye at Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Paul, Joan, David at In the Lap of the Pods, Andy and Matt at Hawk Binge, Eric and Jonathan at Maiden A to Z, Daniel and Josh at Diary of the Mad Men, the Ultimate Aussie Podcast, Ben and Sam at Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers Podcast, George and Hattie, George was in the chat for a while, thank you, George, at the Judas Priest Cast, Clay and Ryan North by South Podcast, they're talking American music versus Canadian music, that show is a lot of fun. Uh, Greg and Jonathan again at So Far, So Pod, So What, talking all things Megadeth, the aforementioned Kevin Brown at the Tom Pity Project and Seaside Pod Review with Randy Woods, Quinn at End Volume for All, uh, Chaz and Greg at Regarding Lulu, and Sam, Nick, Steve, and Mark at the Rock Roulette Podcast. They just reached out. They want to do a crossover, Mark. So if you're ready, we'll go on the Rock Roulette Show. We'll talk about an album, and we'll bring them on here to talk a little Van Halen. And if you're uh, so inclined, uh, join us on our Patreon. Uh, you can find us at all of our socials, at Podcast Will Rock. And the website is www.podcastrock.com. Uh, don't seek me out on Twitter, though. Please don't yell at me anymore. Uh, I'm tired <laughs> of getting yelled at by strangers on the internet. I prefer to be on a call with my best friends here talking a little Van Halen. Well, you can find me at Mark the Bat on Twitter and Instagram, and you can definitely come and yell at me because I will yell back, and I think you will lose. Uh, but there, you know, you've been warned. Uh, but nice. you can also uh, <laughs> you can also find me if you're in the Nashville area. Rose of Sharon, a tribute to Kill Switch Engage. Uh, we got a show June 24th coming up at the Exit Inn, the legendary Exit Inn. So that's going to be a fun time. We're playing with Vulgar Display of Nashville, a tribute to Pantera. We love those guys. Good stuff all around. And there's going to be more tribute shows coming around the corner uh and i will uh i'll talk about those in time but until then uh get yourself ready uh for that if you're in the nashville area please show support to the local scene because holy god we're dying out here uh it's ticket prices are ridiculous for the bigger bands and uh you know the local dudes we're just trying to play some shows and make us uh, some change uh so give us your change please um anywho so again reiterate Thank you guys so much for being on the show. Thank you for joining in to the live stream, everybody. Uh, we really, really do appreciate it. I'm not uh, just making you try to do shots. I'm just saying we appreciate everything you guys do. You keep you keep us going. You keep us motivated. We love talking about Van Halen. We love rediscovering this band. Again, 
We're not experts. I have to say it every episode. Like, uh, we're not experts. We're just simple fans. If you want expertise, talk to, uh, uh, yeah, that guy way over, mm-hmm. over there, like way over there. Uh, <laughs> I'm pointing at Eric. Uh, uh, and if not him, just, then just go yell at, uh, Greg Renoff or, uh, or CJ or any one of those guys who've written books about it. So, uh, but until then, Listen to us rant about it because we love ranting about a band that we love like Van Halen. And that is why we do this show. That's why we do the podcast. We are and the podcast will rock and we will rock you later. Later.